Welcome back to another Beyond the Scale Healthy podcast episode. In this episode today with me, I have Chris Fudge, and he actually did my certification for my powerlifting back in 2016. It's a little while ago. Uh, but Chris is your CanFit Pro certified personal trainer. You've been working with Good Life for a lot of years now, and you're an instructor in so many things, but you're also a dad. You're a real person. And I love how raw you are in all that you do. And I've been following you since you did do my certification. So I wanted to bring you on this here to this episode to talk about the importance in weightlifting because majority of my audience is women and women are still shying away from the weight room more now. We're doing better with Mm -hmm. getting them out there, but I wanted to bring it on because I wanted to talk about not just the benefits for weight loss, obviously, but like physically and mentally, right? Mm -hmm. All those sides. So I'm I'm, I'm super excited to to be on this, talking about this, because I don't know if you're aware, but probably 85% of my clients over the last almost 20 years have been female. That's awesome. And you always go to that niche, right? I When I was working with Good Life for the year, I worked at a women's only club. And then again, it was just became what I was, you know, f- sticking with in mm-hmm. terms of getting women out there. So is it a lot of beginners that you're getting started in the, the lifting and the weightlifting? Yeah, you, you could say like they, they'd be early in their fitness journey and so forth. And women just, you, you know this, women are more likely to ask for help. And they're looking for expertise compared to men. On average, men will tend to try to figure stuff out themselves. And then most of the males I've worked with over the years, they come to me when something wasn't working, right? But women will be like, listen, I want to try this. I need some some expertise. I have no idea what I'm doing. They're just more open to the idea of hiring professional help. You're right. They are. And that's what I do love about working with women. It's like we're on the same level. We're understanding, you know, but it's, it is good to ask for help because there's a lot of question when it comes to weightlifting. And I can understand, like you've been doing this for 20 years. I've been doing it for 10 and there's a lot of questions. How many reps do you do? How many sets? How many exercises? Does it feel like it's enough for a workout too, right? Mm -hmm especially as a lot of people coming into the gym. I mean, they they know they need to go in there, but it's overwhelming at the beginning. Yeah, 100%, especially because now they're making gyms bigger. So if you notice, uh, a lot of the commercial gyms now are just massive. The big thing is size, size, size. How many hundreds of thousands of square feet can we get in this place, right? So you walk in and it's like Vegas for a second there. You're just blown away. There's lights everywhere. There's sounds. You don't know where to start. And it can be a little overwhelming for a lot of beginners. I agree. A lot of equipment jammed together. Right. And even for intermediate, even for advanced people, it's still a lot. We're still on top of each other. For beginners, that's even more difficult, especially because, like, similar to you, there's never a point where you should be using only machines and all machines, like a mixture of some dumbbells, some body weight, some barbells. Yes, machines are great and they should be added in, but they don't need to be the whole picture either. Yeah, that, that's the beauty of larger gyms having variety is you can pick and choose what do you want to use, why do you want to use it, what's what's good for someone, it's not always good for someone else either. Absolutely. There's benefits and there's always negatives. And in focusing on the, the benefits of it, you're right. I hate to complain because I'm really fortunate. I'm in Labrador, very small community, but the gym we have is fantastic. Like 
up-to-date equipment, as and many things as we could possibly imagine. But it is That's still awesome. a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Still yeah. overwhelming. But there is goods to it. And I think another part that not just women but everybody struggles with is we focus on the hard parts of the workout, the negatives of the workout, you know, getting started, getting mm-hmm. uncomfortable, getting sweaty, all of those things when to get there – and to get there consistently, we have to focus on the good things, like how good we feel when we're done. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I had a client this morning, and um, when she comes in, the first question I always ask is, well, I ask everyone, I say, how are you doing today? And then they always say, you know, I'm good. And I always say, well, tell me about that. What's good? Because I need to find out, are they really good? Or are they not that good? Mm-hmm. And then just through a few questions, you'll find out if someone is, you know, do they feel they're normal? Do they feel less than normal? Do they feel better than normal? And what I'll tend to do is I'll adjust the workout based on that. So with this specific person, she came in this morning, said, how are you feeling today? Good. Okay, well, tell me about that. What do you mean by good? Well, I'm a little tired. And so right away, I'm like, well, that's not, you're not good. So you're, you're less than. Ask a few more questions. Did a lot of physical activity the day before outside of the gym. So she's coming in less than 100%. Yeah. So we have three workouts that we do. We have when she feels good, kind of your average one. We've got one that when she feels really good, we push her a little harder. We got one that's a little less when she's not feeling as good. So today was one of those days. I made it a little bit less. But when we were done everything, I said, how do you feel now? I feel so much better. Great. Awesome. You made a deposit into your health account today. Just showing up and doing something is always going to be better than doing nothing at all. So I, I always try to really incorporate that depending on who I'm working with and being aware that not all workouts, you got to kill it and go super hard every time to get any benefits. No. And I think that's what sometimes shies people away. They do think that it's this all or nothing similar to weight loss and a lot of ways that we approach that. But like, it doesn't have to be the perfect best workout. It doesn't have to be full 60 minutes. I love, love that you do it that way in that perspective. I've said more than nothing a thousand times with regards to your mindset, especially as beginners. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I recommend similar idea. So I kind of split my training up as like, you know, lower body, shoulders and back, chest and core, couple muscle groups together. And if I'm feeling under it, I definitely recommend that I do like your favorite workout. So it could be mm-hmm. for, you, for you, it might be your chest and core or whatever your favorite workout is, but like, love me chest and core, <laughs> but like for me, like I love shoulders. I love training shoulders and they're short and they're sweet. So if I'm feeling under the weather and that less than version, that would be what I would go to instead of say one of my leg workouts, which again, don't have to be a full 60 minute, your best leg workout. But if I was coming into a workout that I still knew I needed for myself mentally and I was tired or had soccer the night before, or, you know, just not feeling yourself, I would still stick to a shorter workout and maybe one that you enjoy a little bit more to kind of boost your mood to feel better afterwards. I think that's a great idea. Uh, I've used similar stuff as well. With uh, with some clients, I like to give them the dessert at the end of the workout. You know, the exercises they really like, I'm like, listen, we're going to do the stuff that's not fun to start off. This is going to be your meat and potatoes, right? And then we're going to do a couple other things on top of that you might not like. This might be our vegetables. But afterwards, we're going to have some dessert. We'll spend the last 20 minutes maybe doing a gun run or some hip stuff, stuff that the client likes that they love. And I know, save it at the end of the workout. They're more likely to push a little harder to kind of get through the workout so they can get that. And what does that do at the end? Their bodies leave them full of endorphins. They had a positive experience 
And the last memory of the gym is something was really well. So they're more likely to have a bit more motivation and drive to come back to the gym on the next session. I think it's a very simple thing that us as trainers can do too. Just make sure that they're really enjoying their sessions. Even though they got to do stuff they don't want to do, give them stuff that they love to do at the end. My gosh. And for everybody to do on their own when they're doing their workouts. I I think that's a great idea, especially, again, if there's a workout you don't like to do and a workout you do or an ex, a muscle group you like to train and a muscle group you don't pair them together. At least then it kind of evens out the score and you got one that you do like that you could be supersetting or adding to the end that you really like to do. What have you done before where you're like, listen, there's a workout I have to do. Maybe you didn't train a muscle group in a while or you feel like you're getting stiff, you need to train it, but you hate training that. Well, what do you do? How do you, how do you go about it? Do you still do it or do you just keep pushing it off? What would you do? I would put shoulders with it, like chest. I'm like, mm. you know what? I'm not powerlifting anymore. So why does it matter that I train train your chest, right? And I put it off. I put that off and it's maybe not my priority sometimes. Or even legs can sometimes get put off. Um, But I do that two things. I would pair it with either the muscle group that I love to train the most or I would do what you do. And for my legs where I can't really pair it with much, I'd put more of my favorite exercises in there along with some of your your basics that you need to put in, mm. right? So it's Good. kind of like making it interesting, making it fun, because that's what's going to get, I don't care how old we are, we need to enjoy our workouts. That does need to be the fun part, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's totally the only agree. way to, to be consistently doing it. Yeah. I'm, I work out, I love, I've seen one of your posts with your kids about, like, and when I think of weightlifting, it's two pieces too. It's for our bodies and it's for our mind. Yes, it's physically we need weightlifting. We need exercise to feel good in our clothes, to feel good in our day-to-day physically, yes, to be healthy. But me personally, I do it for my mental health as a bigger goal than what I do for regards to my physical health. Yes, no doubt, we still need it physically, but mental health too, like mm-hmm. how we feel after we exercise, there's not much better that you can do for your mental health. There's some things that people might not be aware of, of how exercise does help your mental health. So let's say you're someone, um, this might be some of your listeners here now, who um, they don't got a lot of drive. They don't got a lot of motivation. Um, they might be a bit depressed. <clears throat> there might be not a lot of things to look forward to in their life. They might not like their job. They might not like their spouse. I don't know. So they go to see their doctor. And they, they say, hey, this is what's going on. And the doctor says, listen, sounds like you've got a little bit of depression. I'm going to give you this medication. So they take this medication. What does that medication do? Well, it overrides parts of the brain. It'll override some parts of the brain and have the brain start to secrete hormones like dopamine, which is a part of your reward system, makes you feel like you've accomplished something. Serotonin makes you feel good. It's like a love hormone, right? You get a hug from someone, your body gets a little bit of serotonin out. So all of a sudden, and then even um, sometimes endorphins, small amounts of endorphins, which allow you to handle pain better. These three hormones, boom, they secrete at a higher level. All of a sudden, you feel pretty good. Now, when it comes to those types of medications, some people have said 50% of the time they work, which means 50% of the time they don't work, right? Yeah. Take the same client, go into the gym, put them on the treadmill, get their heart rate about 80% of their max. Maintain that for about 10 minutes. Get them off the treadmill. Get them to do some resistance training. A couple exercises where they get to the point where they get a little bit of fatigue, maybe a muscular pump. Okay, that's going to jack that heart rate up at the same time. And because they get to fatigue and get a pump, there's going to be a little bit of muscle uh, stress happening and tearing of the fibers. And when those, those fibers get a little bit of tear in them, 
Guess what the brain does? It secretes hormones to allow you to handle that pain better. Those are called endorphins. What happens when they're finished the workout, right? When they get up and they walk out of the gym, dopamine, boom, serotonin, boom. We know 100% of the time when you do a workout, those hormones are released in the brain. It's also known that about 50% of the time medication works. So if you're a betting person, exercise can be so beneficial for your mental health, whether you know it or not, as long as you just meet some of those parameters when you go in the gym. Yeah, push yourself at least with some level of effort. And that's when, again, it can be confusing of how much you do. You don't want to feel like you always have to do a huge amount because then you won't start at all. But know that like, you know, you can give a lot of effort in a short amount of time and still feel the benefits from the workout every single time, right? And I, I think it's important to detach from feeling like we need to work out because we need to lose weight or for some physical appearances because that's not what mentally you could, like the benefits of exercise should be, right? I work out half the time I don't maybe need to, but mentally I do. Right. And I feel like sometimes we we don't use that as a healthy and positive way enough to go into the workouts. Right. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate because you, you, you can't show it on a poster. Right. You can look at a poster in a gym or in a fitness magazine. It shows a before and after and you can see the difference of weight loss, muscle gain, whatever. But you can't see the mental benefit someone gets when it comes to exercise. You can't put that on a poster, which is a bit unfortunate. I guess if I were to draw one, it would be someone sitting at home, sad face. And someone walking out of the gym after working with a smiley face. With a smiley face. And they're still not going to believe us because they're like, oh, you know, like it. it's still even mm-hmm. we can talk about it a hundred times over and over again. But I think people need to be able to be pushed into the workout themselves to to feel it for themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. But you're right in that it's a guaranteed almost every every time you will leave at least feeling some level of better if you're pushing yourself to do a workout. 20 no, minutes. Yeah, I'm a betting man. I always say, you know, roll the dice, try it once. Just try it once. Doesn't work, hey, then then you can you can write it off. But you gotta try one. Just this one time. And I think that when, when everyone has that mindset, they say, I'll I'll just one time I'll win. I'll I'll try one little thing. They don't feel better. Maybe they didn't do it optimally well, but most of the time most you and I know that well. they're gonna feel they're gonna feel better regardless of how good yeah. they do it versus not how good they do it. Exactly. Yeah. And what's unfortunate is Usually we wait until, you know, we don't, you know, we get to a point where we can't take it anymore. And women, yes, are more likely to ask for help, but we still wait till the last possible minute. We wait till the health condition happens or our hip pain gets so bad that we can barely walk up the stairs anymore to make these incentives and and take action, right? To get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But... And you'll, 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 you, you, you might see that also at uh, certain times of age when when you're talking about females. Females tend to, things start to break down around that 40 to 50 years as they start to get a little bit more premenopausal. Yes. And, and that's when people. they're usually willing to ask for help, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm getting close, but it took that urgency. Like we almost need to, create an urgency sooner because yes, you're kind of preventing it right before, but oh my goodness, if you could start it sooner, it would be less preventative and rush feeling when it comes to to those health conditions and urgencies. 
not sure if you, if you stumble across this, but I can say in my experience with a lot of um, women that I train, when I, when I work with uh, moms, it's always moms, they've put everyone else first for so long. And it's like, then a crisis happens. Then they're going to come into the gym. Yeah. And I always try to say like, hey, you're here now. Awesome. Let's go with this. However, if we were here five years ago, it would be a different situation. Mm-hmm. When I have friends that are starting families, the advice I always give to the moms, I'm like, listen, don't wait till your kid's 10 years old to take care of your health. So these are the things that are going to come up with a newborn. You're going to be sleep deprived, right? You're probably going to be mal- malnourished, right? You're probably going to hate your husband most days. <laughs> so these things are going to come up. Some of the best things that you can do is getting cardiovascular fitness, outsourcing your nutrition if you don't have time to make it, or prioritizing making your food. It was one of the best gifts ever. Anytime a friend of family is having a baby, we give them food. Because <laughs> someone did that to us, we had a cooler. Um, when I came home uh, from the hospital with my first-born uh, son, and there was a cooler on our doorstep that our friends made all these pre-made healthy meals for us. So for those first two weeks, we would just throw stuff in the oven, heat it up. It was awesome. And I think that's the best gift you can give like a new mom. Doesn't take that one thing out. out. They don't have to think about food anymore, right? Any Anytime somebody comes to me like their baby is like still young, like they're asked after the point of like the first couple months, but they're like, you know what? I want to start now, even if it's shorter, smaller workouts. And, I'm, and that makes me really excited because yes, you should be able to, you should start now because- there is never a good time. We're always busy to some level. And the thing is to be able to handle our busy, to handle our day-to-day life, we have to be taking care of ourselves. And to be able to do more on that to-do list, you are so right. I've said this 1,000, times. We put ourselves on the bottom of our priority list as much, as far too long. The way to put yourself back up there is through understanding that you can go and do a 20-minute workout and that can be enough. Or you can do your workouts from home and that's okay too, right? Short, Mm -hmm. simple, helping friends with like, again, outsourcing, getting, buying the workout program, small steps, but Mm -hmm. taking- I also find that um, when you were talking about uh, um, people not helping themselves first, the best way to help someone is to help yourself. If you're if you're that mom, that new mom, and you're and you're healthy, your energy's up, you you can do more, right? Your patience is definitely up. So you're less likely to snap at people and, and so forth. And then at the end of the day, you're the role model. Like the best way, there, there's three things you can do if you want your children to be healthy. There's three things you can do. It is lead by example, lead by example, and lead by example. That's it. So if you want the next generation that you're raising to eat healthy, they need to see mom and dad eating healthy. healthy. If you want them to exercise, they need to see mom and dad doing exercise. You got to take care of you to be your best version of you for everybody else that you want to take care of on the priority list that you're putting above yourself. Yeah, 100%. Right. I call my, I say to my kids sometimes if I didn't get my workout in in that morning or, you know, it's just, just sometimes it happens. I'm like, you know what? Mom's going to go. I'm going to go for 20 minutes. I'm going to come back and I won't be your mom be anymore. I'll back to, back to regular mom. Just need a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Patience, yeah. everything to be, again, with our spouses, to, to have energy for them at the end of the night. Like we got to be taking care of ourselves, not just physically, but eating well too, that's what should be motivating us to eat healthier. Mm-hmm. 
is to be feeling better mentally and physically. Yeah. And sometimes people don't think down the road, like it's easy to be a, a new parent and not worry so much about, you know, your kids when, when you're old, but here, here's a reality. This is a picture that is very, very obvious here in Canada. When people get to the ages of 60 and 70 and they can't take care of themselves anymore, maybe they start off with something small, joint replacement. Oh, I had to get my knee done. Then all of a sudden I was like, mm, I got on blood pressure medication. And then all of a sudden I'm on statins for cholesterol and stuff. Next thing you know it, that person now needs their kids on a regular basis to help move things, right? To, you know, maybe pick things up and when they can't do it because they've got a thing. They want to go on a trip. They want to spend their their golden years traveling. Well, all of a sudden they need assistance at the airport. They can't go on, you know, that excursion because they got the bad hip. And then all of a sudden the kids are, are held with the burden. Well, okay, we can't do this experience we wanted to do with mom and dad. Or, yeah, mom and dad can't eat like this because they've got this thing going on right now, right? Or they're just too out of shape. We can't walk. We got to we gotta use taxis and Ubers to get around now. Like, this is a reality. Yeah, and, and these who, are who, who, our day. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's like our daily, day-to-day being affected by our nutrition choices and our exercise habits. Mm-hmm. So my, my, my big thing is always that I'll never need anyone to take care of me. When I think of my, my health, it's I'll, I'll, I'll prioritize my health so I can take care of other people. And at no point in time will I need my sons to take care of dad. I don't know how long it's going to go. You know, obviously I'm not in my 70s and 80s, but I feel pretty confident of the things that I would need to be able to do in the gym the metrics I would need to meet from a cardiovascular health perspective, body fat percent, like those things there. If I keep all those metrics kind of where they need to be, I'm pretty sure my, I won't have to rely on my children taking care of me when I get older. That's that that's my goal long term when I think of my health, right? I don't think it's a bad idea for people to kind of, once you get healthy, then say, okay, now what am I going to do with it? Well, let's stay healthy for the rest of your life. Right. I love that. That is like a long-term goal that is like, an over uh, such a healthy, positive outlook that everyone sh- wants, everyone should be striving for, right? You should want to spend, again, your golden years, the years that you're retiring and working so hard now to be living for, you should be feeling your best. I say it not in a very long-term version. I like that you brought it there, but I'm going to bring it back. But like short-term version, say people are planning for a vacation, or a family holiday or something that's huge. I'm going to Disney with my kids in April. So oh, very cool. Very exciting. Um, but I got to be in good mental, physical shape to be doing all those steps, to be able to do everything for my kids so that they can have the best experience, right? And mm-hmm. then that's like a short-term sort of goal that's, you know, in a healthy way you're working towards. And you can kind of keep setting those because you should want the best moments, the, the what you're working really hard for, your vacation, the special moments with the kids. You should want to be the best version of yourself, the healthiest version of yourself to be able to enjoy those to the fullest. The one, the one thing you can never buy, like you can't just go to the bank, take out money out and then go buy this. You can't buy time. Time is not something that's purchasable. But I would argue against that. I said you can create time. And the way you create time is you add years to your life. How do you add years to your life? Be healthy. Like it, it, it's just known that on average, when people tend to pass away in their 60s and 70s, they probably got a list of things, right? 
that we're probably not that healthy. The reality is when you look at centenarians, people who live beyond the years of 100 years of age, they all meet kind of the same criteria. They have good strength. They have good cardiorespiratory fitness. They have low but healthy body fat percentages. They yeah. exercise regularly. They get sunlight. They eat well, and they have great relationships with people. Like there's they no take magic care of themselves. No, yeah. they're healthy, and that's like the day to day life scenarios. Is like there's always curveballs. There's always challenges that life throws at us, no matter what. Right? Things we cannot prepare for. All kinds of challenges. The only way to be able to handle those better is if we're taking care of ourselves. I am a type 1 diabetic, and for a very long time, I used it as an excuse instead of an inspiration to take care of myself, meaning I used it as a reason for, you know, oh, I'm too tired. I can't do this. I've used it for, I don't feel good. My sugars are off. I can skip that workout for a very long time, right? But instead, it can be despite of, right? You can think of it instead of like, okay, I, it doesn't matter what they are. It's I need to be taking my care of myself now so that I can, you know, I, I do more now, but it's only because I take care of myself, right? I wouldn't be able to record the podcast, get the kids to school, go do the next call, do all of these things if I wasn't taking care of myself, right? And you've invested in your health. Right? Yeah. And it makes a difference. It does not just with long-term when we're old ladies, it's of what we are now. Like I got two kids. I have my own business. I babysit part-time. And I, a couple years ago when I, gosh, when I was first starting out as a trainer, I had no kids just working as a personal trainer and I was struggling and I couldn't, do very much more than that because I wasn't eating very well. Mentally, I wasn't taking care of myself. So it does make a difference on what we're able to accomplish and keep up with our day-to-day -day now, right? Mm -hmm. Same with you. You've worked up to that point, right? I'm sure what you got on your schedule, it's you're able to accomplish and conquer a lot quicker now. Oh, 100%. Than and, and COVID was a good test for a lot of people. You know, I, I can speak um, personally. It was just being at home in in the COVID setting, uh, not not going to the gym. I got a gym in the basement. We call it the old fudge factory. Um, but there was no pieces of machinery for cardiovascular. So before my cardio training was a little bit different. I played a few sports. COVID hit. We stopped playing sports. And I remember just being at home and being like, I'm getting really irritated. You know, like I was, and, I, and I'm a pretty chill fella. Yeah. And I just found I was like something, something's wrong. So it was springtime. There was kind of a little bit of snow out still. And I and I said to the missus, I said, uh, I'll go for a bike ride. She's like, she's like, oh, really? You okay? I said, no, I need to go for a bike ride. <laughs> I said, I'll be back later. Okay. I got on my bike and I biked like 50, 60K. I was gone for like two hours. And then I came home and I was like, holy shit, I'm a holy, I'm a different person. Different person. I felt so different at that point. And I was like, oh yes, that's right. I forgot that. If you're not doing these things, you're not going to feel as good. And if you don't feel as good, you're not going to be able to be as good to the people around you as well. Wow. Yes. And we need that wake up call. We Again, we got to just push ourselves sometimes to do that, to remind ourselves. But exercises, yes, it's so needed to be able for all of it. 
mentally, physically outside of our house. I think what also happened with COVID though was yes, we were trapped in our house for so long, but now since COVID, I don't know about you, but I've noticed the whole world's on fast forward. So it's like Mm. we're busier than ever, right? More and more on our schedules. Don't miss a thing because we missed so many years of missing it before. And I feel like because of that, yes, there's advantages. We're back outdoors. We're seeing our friends. We're doing all the social events. But I feel like our priorities as women, we've put ourselves back down on the list because of the busyness reemerging since since COVID. Mm-hmm. Right? So you say that these are just uh, like parents or just women in general? I'd say a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed it that like even yourself, you must have with the busyness in the last year? Well, I'm just thinking um, from a parent perspective, it'd be very likely that you have your kids in more activities. I yeah. think that's a that that, that would yeah. make a lot of sense. I can't yeah. speak on being a, a non-parenting woman though, so I don't know about that stuff. I don't know what I mean. Like they're socializing, they're doing more things, yeah. but definitely with the the parents and stuff, with the kids doing a lot more things. I see that with a lot of our friends. Yeah. And you know, my kids do stuff too, but everyone has the thing they want to do in our household. In our family, it's like, what do you do? What do you want to do? Let's take a look at the schedule. Where does that fit? Where does that not fit? So we've, yeah, yeah, we we've done things before where we've 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 outsourced where my kids are going to do stuff in relation to where do I want to do stuff. So my boys do karate, and it is it's about five hundred meters from where I go to the gym. I go to CrossFit. So drop them off. Let me set the schedules. Okay, they're at karate. I drive over. I do a class. They walk over afterwards. We go home. That, that, that's one thing, right? Yeah. Mom and one of my sons does BJJ, right? So they do it the same place. So all of a sudden, like, the family's kind of doing doing the two things. I've taken my kids before to events, and then what I would do is, is I might sit in the truck and work while they're doing soccer, or I might go for a run while they're doing soccer, right? I don't need to sit and like always watch and cheer and blah, 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 which I think is important at some point in time, right? Uh, my boys go to the library on Sunday. We got a tutor for one of them and I bring the other one with me and, and they read and I sit there and I do a little bit of work. Like we just try to pair everything together so that we can all accomplish stuff because a lot of times people will put everyone else first. Moms and dads, they put everyone else first and they never take care of themselves physically or mentally. So if you can pair those things together, it'll help you out. I love the way you say that. And it's so, so true. And again, you don't even realize things that you do, but I do this as well. Yes, you. it is important that you're showing up there, but it's also important that you maybe pair a 30-minute workout after a kid's drop-off, right? Like my youngest, yes, she has gymnastics. I can't be there. I got to drop her off. There's only an hour. You can choose to do nothing with that hour, or, you know, go get a workout in, get your grocery mm-hmm. shopping done, or yes, pair it with something that's also productive. I really love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the busier you are, the harder you need to work out at short durations and you can get the same benefits. Yeah. So if you're super busy, you can get pretty healthy training twice a week. You might just have to train harder, maybe do more interval style stuff, maybe lift heavier to the point where your body's like, listen, we need a couple of days to recover. So if you did like a Monday, Thursday, full body, hard sessions, that's good. Three days a week. Three days a week is less than 50% of the week. If you think about it, right? It's less than 50%. Yeah. So if you can even get in three days a week, your intensity can be less than two, four, five, six, same thing. You don't have yeah. to work out every day. If you worked out every day and you went very low, you'd still get a lot of health benefits. 
So for people who get super busy, and you know, when I work with my clients, and I say, what's, what's going on this upcoming week? Oh, this is going to be a busy week, Chris. I got this. This is this no problem. We're going to jack up the intensity. And we're going to remove one of your workouts. So the other workouts are going to be harder, but it's going to force your body to have to adapt by, 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 by recovering more. And you know what? You're not working out on Wednesday anyway, so now you just got an added rest day. So it's going to work out fine. You're still going to get all the benefits of health. Yeah, people, you really got to adjust your schedule to make working out work for you, right? If you know that Friday, every Friday, you are toast from work, it is impossible to fit a workout in, it's it's not a good day for you, whatever the circumstances are, make that your rest day and work around it. Or if you do want to go to the cabin on the weekend or you have busy events or something like that every weekend, mm-hmm. prioritize, get three or four in during the week. You don't have to be working out on the weekends. You don't have to be doing cardio uh, fasted if you don't like that. You know, we sometimes put ourselves in this boxes of, again, perfect or nothing at all, but know that there is so many in-betweens to make working out work for you, making it a routine. Could be 30-minute workouts. Could be, like you said, a really long workout, but only a couple times a week, right? Yeah. yeah. Fit, 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 fitness is not black and white. It's a lot of gray, a lot of gray. And for some of your listeners who are listening now, um, just understand that doing nothing is 100% guarantee you are not going to get healthier. Like that, that, that is known. So if you're a betting person, don't bet on that. Doing something is always better than nothing. Yeah. So just starting step one, just go, go, go to the gym, hire a professional, just get going and it'll be beneficial. Love that more than nothing. Cause you'll always feel better after a workout. You're guaranteed that you're going to feel better. It doesn't have to be 60 minutes. It doesn't have to always be your absolute hardest, best workout, right? You can go in there and even like at my more advanced level now, I've been training really consistently for a while. I can go in in 30 minutes and I can leave that workout feeling as much as I needed to feel really have a good pump and feel better mentally 1000% right? You can split up your workouts. You can split up your cardio, your weight training. You can do a mix of both. There's so many different variations, but you got to do What are some things you might do um, for yourself or for your clients if they're normally training 60-minute sessions and all of a sudden they're like, hey, I only got a 30-minute time gap or you yourself only got a 30-minute time gap. What would you do different or recommend they do different to help with their fitness? Supersets, my favorite secret ever because I find not only does it make your workouts shorter, but a lot of people struggle because they're not mentally into the workout. They're not mentally, they're not working with a trainer like you, telling them where they should be feeling it, you know, adjusting their form. So they're not maybe feeling it the benefits as maximum to their workout. But if you're stopping between your reps because you have so much rest time and you're scrolling social media, texting whoever, Mentally, you're not into that workout as much as you could be. But if you add in supersets where you're doing one-to-one, back-to-back, quick rest, right? And then you're going, I find it helps you mentally stay focused and you can get more in, in less time too. Agreed. Agreed. I like to sometimes use the analogy of fitness as like a job. So a job, you do 40 hours a week, eight hours a day. You're not getting a paycheck if you don't go to work. So you're not going to get any benefits of health if you don't exercise. Yeah. What if I were to say that your workout is eight exercises at three sets each, you got 24 total sets to get done. That's what you normally do in 60 minutes. You just said super, super sets. sets. No, but you still got too many. So cut your sets 
down. You don't need to do every time three sets. Or, you know, maybe take out a couple exercises. Just because the workout isn't completely finished, it doesn't mean, you know, if you leave out one or two, it's not the end of the world. You can still get a good workout from that. That's right. Yep. You're still stimulating the body, so you're still going to get health benefits. Yeah, you're still going to feel good and better mentally and physically at the end of the day. That's the good benefit that you got to focus on. Not the hard starting part where it's a bit uncomfortable. Yes, getting dressed, pushing yourself out the cold door to get to the gym or whatever. Those parts can be hard, but instead focus on the positives that come at the end, that you will always leave that workout feeling better. Agreed. More than nothing at the end of the day, always. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Chris, so much for your time. I appreciate uh, you coming on here and your your insight, your expertise. um, You've been doing this a while. Again, thank you. Very welcome. Very welcome. And I I, uh, hope the best uh, for you and your listeners when it comes to fitness for the rest of 2024. And I'm always excited to see where people are going to be in 2025. So a year from now, where do you think you're going to be with your fitness? Good way to leave off. Thank you. (laughs) 